Well, well, well. Boy, oh boy. Joe Peacock is back on the podcast, everybody. Dragged me back. Happy to be here. (laughs) Today, everyone, we are bringing you an episode all about celebrity couples we forgot existed. We forgot they dated. Joe has reminded me of a few couples that completely have slipped my mind slash I never even knew they existed to begin with. So we thought it would be great to do a deep dive on all of these unknown couples or, you know, forgotten couples. But before we get into that, there is one subject that came up this week that Joe is the perfect person to talk with about. And it is our very own Taylor Swift making her directorial debut. Yeah, this really exploded the group chat this week. Yeah. And it's been, it isn't necessarily something that completely happened this week. So, I mean, there was the headline that she yes. was, she assigned with a Fox Searchlight, which is owned by Disney, which who I work for, I have to, you know, legally say that. And uh, <laughs> she will be, she, she's written a feature and she will be directing it. Yeah. Yeah. A full length feature. So we must note also that she released the All Too Well BTS video where she is directing it. Right. And I think that was absolutely on purpose. It was like, okay, here, let's release this BTS where I'm, you know, in the director chair and kind of showing off how I play that part. And then bada bang, bada boom, five days later, whatever. It's like Taylor Swift has been signed with Searchlight and will be, you know, directing a new film. She's been doing quite a few things on purpose. And is it all right if we give some context to what she's been doing, why she's been doing it? I have thoughts. Yes, please. Okay, so Missy Taylor Swift, about a little over a year ago, in lieu of the release of Red Taylor's version, released all too well the short film. Now, this is a 10-minute long music video. Yes. I think it's okay to call it a music video, seeing as she won the VMA Music Video of the Year just this month. I don't know if our DMs are ready for the Swifties to come after us for making that judgment call, but it is absolutely a music video. I, I just, short film. Right. There's like a few lines of dialogue and they feel improvised and the music is playing the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. And let us not forget that the, probably the most cringiest part of that video is she has these two wonderful actors, Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien playing the respective parts. And in the final few minutes of the quote unquote short film, Taylor Swift can't help, but put herself in there and play an older version of Sadie Sink. I have the chills because I know that what you are saying is truth. The testimony of what you are bearing is truth. Taylor Swift's showing up in that music video with her red hair, with her that horrendous French twist to show that she was, you know, the author all along of the story, whatever, was so gratuitous and was so cringe. It should have disqualified her from the arts forevermore. Could not agree more. <laughs> and... Aging someone by having another actor play them makes sense when you're going from like 8 to 22. It does not make sense when you're going from 21 to 30. (laughs) People don't look like a completely different person. (laughs) Literally. Yes. I'd never thought about that, but it is so real. That is, yeah, it felt so hokey. Yes. Hokey is a perfect word for it. And I will say when she released this, it was just kind of odd and felt like, okay, interesting that – the name of the music video was All Too Well, the short film. And I was like, I didn't really think of anything about it then. Well, guess when I started to think about it? It's about August of this year. Okay. And this is because, let me give you a little history here, okay? 
Now, the Oscars, no one ends up on the stage winning an Oscar, an Academy Award for, you know, achievement in filmmaking by happenstance anymore. It just doesn't happen. It's a whole campaign promotion cycle. Right. There's right. a few ways you can campaign. One is by literally putting up billboards and ads, mostly in Los Angeles and New York, saying for your consideration mm-hmm. for best actress or best actor. The other is by partaking in a series of key and timely interviews at certain film festivals, certain trade publications like Variety and The Hollywood Reporter, discussions to kind of basically say, I'm in the running for Mm -hmm. this award and for in in consideration. Okay, okay. Now, Miss Taylor started showing up at these key events, which usually happen around August, September, like Toronto International Film Festival. She started showing up for Q&As around her All Too Well, the short film, Mm. which then all of us cued in to recognize, oh, she's making a play for the Oscar. She's making the assumption that my short film is a short film and should be nominated and awarded as such at the highest levels of filmmaking. Joe, that I did not even think about that. I did not even think about that. Okay, so you're saying that basically all of this has been a play and obviously she wanted to create the short film and, and or music video, excuse me. But, you know, she has been lobbying quietly uh and but you know, strategically to win the Oscar for best short film or what what would be the category? Do you know? Yeah, it'd be best original short film. Got it. Now, this is a category where usually people like us don't really know the nominees because mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a short film observer. Buff. But winners in the past have been like the director who later went on to – he won the Oscar for best short film. And then he later went on to direct The Devil Wears Prada. So it's really been like a Got stepping it. stone for like <gasps> artists who are maybe on the verge or cusp of trying to get like a career in, in feature-length films. And so it's like she doesn't need it. Obviously, she doesn't need it because she's already signed to direct her original feature film. Right. So it's just sad thinking about all these people who, in my opinion, made actual short films that they're going to l- maybe lose a nomination because uh, Taylor Swift is really like wrangling her name in there. Right, right. Absolutely. And all these trade publications who kind of facilitate the discourse of possible nominees are allowing Taylor Swift in the discourse and in taking a place as a potential nominee because of course it's going to provide eyeballs on it that could be a cynical and rude way to look at it but like i'm not on taylor swift about having ambition or trying to make art i just like a don't think it's like to that quality and i think it's laughable that she's in the conversation i completely agree and here is why i do not think that she is ready for her directorial debut i don't think she's ready to you know be the next steven spielberg it's not because she's a woman. It's not because she's got ambition. It is because it is clear to everyone with, you know, two eyeballs and a functioning brain that she is surrounded by yes men. That there are people who just say, every idea you have is great. This is kind of my opinion of Evermore, so please don't come for me. But, you know, if you want to release an album that maybe has three good songs and, you know, eight duds, release it. Nobody said to her, you know, maybe you shouldn't act in your own music video at the very end. Maybe you shouldn't do a French twist. Maybe the scarf is a little bit on the nose. You know, everybody is saying, yes, 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 yes. Every idea you have is good. And I I don't know. I don't even think Jack Antonoff can step in at this point and try to salvage things. I guess I don't have very high hopes for this movie that she's going to direct. No. Yeah, Chan. She's just like in an echo chamber of, yes, you're a genius. 
go yes. for it. You deserve all the accolades. Mm-hmm. Like the girl needs an editor. Jack Antonoff yes. certainly isn't doing that. Tree pain. I don't know what we're paying before. <laughs> it's her publicist. Like we need to bring Liz Rose back into the conversation. Liz Honestly. Rose is the songwriter that helped her edit down lyrics and songs uh, in her uh, Tim McGraw and Fearless mm-hmm. and Red phase. We need her back in the room and be like, Please. Taylor, spend time making songs and spend less time writing treatments for music videos. And God <laughs> forbid, do not get behind the camera again. The girl is so literal. I cannot imagine what this movie yes, is. Yes, that is exactly what it is. I could not have said it better. She is just extremely literal. So I just don't think I need a two and a half hour movie of, of all of her like, you know, literal visions. I I have a good feeling that what's what was the lady's name? Liz something? Liz Rose. I have a good feeling that Liz Rose listens to Pop Apologists. So Liz Rose, if you're out there, if you're if you happen to catch this episode, please, you know, make your way back to Taylor's team, back on that payroll so that you can help sort this mess out. Absolutely. Taylor Swift has famously said she's never been to therapy. Well, honey, I think it might be time to start. Let me just tell you, I woke up, I had kind of a, I don't know what I was doing. I had a late night, maybe Thursday night. So I woke up early Friday and I'm sitting on this couch here, just kind of groggy, coming to, sipping my Celsius. And I click on YouTube and I see that Taylor Swift has posted a new video. You mentioned earlier, it's the behind the scenes of All Too Well. Well, from this video, we learned that not only did Taylor Swift direct the All Too Well alleged short film, someone else was filming her directing it the entire time. yes. And she's posted this video to basically kind of say, look what an amazing director I was and how much thought I put into it. And that was not my takeaway from watching. I was horrified with what I saw. We're going to post this video so that everyone can, you know, watch it at their own, at their leisure. But basically, I did not find any of the direction that she was giving to be all that, like, insightful. It was just literal. It was just like, okay, act sad. Act like you've been hurt by this person. And... I don't know, there was also something about her body language that just was a little bit awkward to me. You know, she just like, Joe and I are skeptical Taylor Swift fans, but we are Taylor Swift fans and we just want her to succeed. But sometimes, and actually a lot of the time, you know, she really doesn't deliver. And also, of course, her fashion in in the behind the scenes video was horrendous. She loves an oversized flannel. Oh, yeah. And the mask observance alone, the rest of the crew is wearing masks like their life depends on it. And she's like, maybe I'll slip it off. We love her. We love her. We just, you know, we have to be, we have to stay alive. We have to keep our eyes wide open as, you know, we go about this journey and some things we just have to say. Thank you, Chan. I love her. I spent inordinate amounts of money on the Eras Tour tickets. I would see her through anything but an Oscar ceremony where she is up there accepting an Academy Award for something she did not rightfully deserve. I mean, I have to tell you, I am this close to putting her into a conservatorship. This close. Lock her up. Liz Rose, please listen in. Okay, the last thing I want to say about this is, do you think there's a chance she's gotten so big, she's created all of these incredible albums that I I do love, that she's just like, where do I go from here? Like, she can't do the quiet country life for very long. She needs to, you know, stay still creating headlines. She still wants to, you know, be making more money, you know, feeling or a big red machine or whatever her label is. So do you think there's a part of her that's like, okay, Films are the next frontier that I'm going to crack open. I think it is a new frontier for her, but less out of like, how can I be relevant and make money? Because I truly think she, even though she's so young, she's already reached an age where she will be a legacy artist yeah. forever now in the on par with, with Paul McCartney and the late John yes. Lennon, Elton John and Billy Joel. 
I honestly just think like she's bored. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. honey, well, maybe stop making music with Jack Antonoff and wearing, you know, old school cardigans and fucking <laughs> Joe Alwyn and like shake things up in your love life or the totally. studio. And yeah. Paint. George. It was enough for George W. Bush, honey. Why Literally. can't you just paint? Honestly, ugh, I couldn't. Yeah. It was enough for George W. Bush. Why can't it be enough for Taylor Swift? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. It's been a, it's been a week with her. Yeah. Let's get to the matter at hand. Okay. You guys, the, our cup runneth over because when we started to research this subject, we realized that there are more couples than airtime. There are so many, uh, you know, random pairings in Hollywood that Joe and I wanted to cover that we really had to be our own editor, something Taylor Swift will never know. And decide which of these were the juiciest to talk about. So without further ado, I think we should start with a personal favorite of Joe's. You ready? Yeah, this is a couple that I think about endlessly that keeps me up at night. And it goes right along with all too well. This couple is Jake Gyllenhaal and Reese Witherspoon. America may have forgotten they dated for two years. I haven't. I think about it all the time. Honestly, I think you told me about the fact that they dated. I don't think I knew that they dated until you told me. It, which is wild. And, and, and what's crazy, Chan, is it's like it's not just that like they went on some dates or they kind of liked each other. They were together for two years. I watched a slideshow on them this morning that was about six minutes long. <laughs> it started with um, One Republic stop and stare, and then it <laughs> bled into uh, Liana Lewis's Bleeding Love. There are more photos of them than there are of me as a baby. There are so many outfits. They went to so many countries. One photo in particular, I just like think about at least twice a month is it's the both of them at Coachella in a big crowd. Yes. And Jake Gyllenhaal is behind Reese Witherspoon and has his arms around her. And she just looks like she's like just gotten done hiking the Pacific Crest Trail and wild. <laughs> Cheryl Strayed fully. Yeah. It's just like, I, I think what's shocking about this, Chan, is that Fast forward 15 or whatever odd years now, it just doesn't seem like something Reese Witherspoon would have done. No. Like put the fate of her heart and her two children, because she had kids who were a six-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son at the time, uh, along with Jake Gyllenhaal from All Too Well. It just doesn't make sense. I feel like, yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. And I feel like we need to set some context for the age difference here. Yeah. And let's let's set some general context here. Okay. So- Reese Witherspoon got married to Ryan Phillippe uh, very young. I mm-hmm. think she was about 20. She had her first child at 21. Wow. She had, okay. went on to have a phenomenal career onto the A-list with the performance of Legally Blonde in Sweet Home Alabama. I think it's shocking to realize just how young she was when those films hit. I did not realize she was that young. Yeah. She was like 22 when she made Legally wow. Blonde. 24 when she made Sweet Home Alabama. Probably 20, you know, seven when she won the Oscar for Walk the Line. And then her personal life kind of imploded. Yes. I think you need to give the listeners just a quick uh, blurb about your feelings about Ryan Phillippe. I think that could be captured in the year 2009 at a family Christmas of mine. We were playing Balderdash. <laughs> and uh, it's where, you know, you you write a question and everyone else puts in answers and tries to guess, okay, who wrote that answer? Right. And the question was, if you could trade places with any celebrity for a day, who would it be and why? And I wrote in, I would trade places with Ryan Phillippe so I could throw myself in front of a train for what he did to Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) And what he did to Reese Witherspoon was, okay, this man had two children with Reese Witherspoon. They were both on The View talking about them, raising kids, you know, living a very public life. He watched her win the Oscar. 
She's bringing home the bacon for their family. She couldn't be a more loving, beautiful partner. He goes on to make a film called Stop Loss and has an affair with her on set with the actress Abby Cornish. Now, listeners, if you want to see the moment all this implodes, please Google Flags of Our Fathers, uh, New York premiere, Reese Ryan fight. And you will see a gallery of Reese Googling and Ryan. Googling it right now. Please. Okay, here you'll we see, go. You'll see, yeah, you'll see a gallery of Reese and Ryan arriving for an event for Ryan Phillippe in this uh, Clint Eastwood movie called Flags of Our Fathers. And they're walking their premiere and they are obviously in the biggest fight of their lives. <gasps> like Reese is just glaring at him like, really? Can you believe this? And then if you read up on it, apparently the fight kind of imploded up at uh, the balcony of this premiere where I assume that Re- this is the night, you know, like Reese maybe found out, to be fair. It's like so sad, but, you know, she's putting on a front walk in the red carpet with him, but the looks between them say it all. Like, oh my gosh. Do you, are, do you, are, do you see it? Oh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just shocking as that day. it's photographed. Yeah. I mean, she's not happy. She doesn't want to be there. Mm-mm. It's unfortunate Mm-mm. because he is really sexy. He's so, so hot. And, I just can't overemphasize like what a Reese and Ryan household we are. When their when their divorce was announced, I changed our little moving screensaver to if Reese and Ryan can't make it, no one can. Like we were in mourning. <laughs> he's so cute. They just like seem like they had it all. Oh, right, right. He's adorable. Yeah. Okay, so she's coming off of this betrayal from Ryan and she falls into Jake Gyllenhaal's arms. A hundred percent. So they meet even before the divorce is finalized. Post Oscar restars in the film. It's not a great film. It's one of the many films that were made a little too soon after the Iraq war. And it's called Rendition. (laughs) And despite Reese and Jake never sharing any scenes together, they meet because they are meeting with a costume designer for the film. And then they meet again when they're doing reshoots. They have a little bit of a fling. It doesn't really go anywhere. Reese thinks it's too soon. But the moment her divorce is finalized, she and Jake start getting together. Really? They get together in a powerful way because if you Google them, there's a million photos of them. And what's wild is, okay, so Reese at this point is 30. Yeah. And she has a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal is 26 years old. Insane. This is maybe toxic for me, but I feel like it's pretty rare for a 26-year-old guy to date a 30-year-old woman with two kids. I think it's incredibly rare as hell as well. And also that Reese is like, yeah, this guy can like hang with my kids. Yes. And Chan, I think why we think this is so shocking is because we are looking at Jake Gyllenhaal through the lens of a post all too well. Right. It's true. Lens. We know what he did to Taylor Swift, how he treated her. And not that he me too to anyone. I think we both read the article about uh, how he kind of, I don't know if prayed's the right word, but lured or went after the, yes. the PA on the set of the, the Broadway show. And this isn't the Jake Gyllenhaal, though, that Reese met. The Jake Gyllenhaal that Reese met is the October sky, Brokeback Mountain, yes. Day After Tomorrow. Like, oh, gosh. Can we understand like what boy next door righteous energy he had? Oh, so much. He also just, I think, comes across as a really earnest guy in so his earnest. like early films. He's dashing or just like very boyish, good looks. So boyish. So do you think that that potentially, you know, the relationships after Reese changed him into the love bombing manipulative at times predatory jake gyllenhaal yes i 100 percent have a theory on this now okay 
what's so shocking about, you know, the Jake Gyllenhaal we know today who is just bouncing from girl to girl. Okay, granted, I think now he's, like, been in a steady relationship, yeah. but that is a steady relationship with a 24-year-old model. Yes, and that's exactly. not the same thing right. that we're talking about now. But, yeah, I think that Jake Gyllenhaal before showed us that he had the propensity to carry on years-long relationships mm-hmm. with age-appropriate women. Before he dated Reese Witherspoon, he dated Kirsten Dunst, who is the same age as him for two years. And yeah. he saw her through a lot, including eating a salad with her hands abroad on foreign soil. We're going to get to that relationship because I have some tea that I discovered. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to get to that. But, yeah, my theory is that Jake Gyllenhaal, according to all you know, People Magazine reports – wanted to marry Reese Witherspoon. I think really? he was head over heels in love with her and she wasn't ready for that or wasn't ready for it with him. Yeah. So I think she broke his heart and I think, I truly think the breakup between Reese and Jake was his villain origin story because less than a year later is when he all too well Taylor Swift. What? Yes. They broke up in, because they started dating like 26 or sorry, 2006-ish, 2007. And by 2010, after you know, their two-year relationship, that winter is when uh, Taylor Swift left the scarf at his place when he called her up to break her like a promise. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So he went from dating a 32-year-old woman to a 21-year-old woman and treating her like he did. Garbage. Like garbage, oh. yeah. Joe, that crystallizing that timeline is, I mean, that's stunning. That is a... I, I thought there were like a string of women in between Reese and, and Taylor. Because I think also because their age difference is so crazy. Like Reese is so much older than Taylor or like there's like a there's a gap there. So I just I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, I think it really changed him. Yeah. So like sliding doors moment. What would have happened if Reese and Jake had stayed together? What music, you know, wouldn't we have gotten? What albums would never have happened? Like, I, oh, I don't want to say Swift. I'm grateful. Yeah. But I'm grateful. I don't know. And I think at the end of the day, Taylor Swift probably is too. I will say that I think if Jake and Reese had stayed together, like it just kind of sounds like a boring relationship. And I don't think you know you talk about what art we wouldn't have gotten. I actually don't think we would have gotten Wild the movie. I don't think we would have gotten the first season of Big Little Lies <laughs> because you have to remember, Chan, the films that these two people made while they were together were the biggest lows and bombs of their <laughs> careers. Why do you think that was? And or yeah, tell me about them. Reese made the rom-com How Do You Know, which had a production budget of like 130 million and made like 20 million at the box office. That one with Owen Wilson, Jack Nicholson and Paul Rudd. Okay. Truly abominable, but yet there's photos of her canoodling with Jake on set. Mm. Jake Gyllenhaal, you know what he made while he was with Reese? What? Disney's Prince of Persia. High tide. <laughs> The photos of her visiting him on that set are amazing, too, because it's like he's just like it looks like role play with like a Roman god. Oh, my gosh. I just think they were just in such a bubble of love. They were probably, you know, reading scripts together in bed and being like, that sounds great. You know, I think they were just in such a bubble in a fog. But yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm I'm trying to think why, why did Reese go for Jake? And I have to put myself in her shoes and. When I was 10 years old, I went to go see The Princess Diaries in theaters, which was obviously a formative experience for myself. Well, as I was watching that movie, before the movie rolled, there were trailers. And there was a trailer for a little-known Jake Gyllenhaal early movie called Bubble Boy. And I just remember seeing that theater about 10 on the cusp of puberty and seeing Jake Gyllenhaal. And he he probably looks his worst in that movie. But there was something in me that said, I am a boy – 
but I am watching a man. And like, I both wanted to be him and be with him. It was bewildering. <laughs> and I just like have to imagine that Reese Witherspoon also felt these similar feelings towards him too. He just had a spell and a lust and a wonder. I mean, what's wild is he was in October Sky. Laura Dern played his high school teacher. Laura Dern is arguably a peer and a good friend of Reese Witherspoon. And then Reese Witherspoon starts dating this, you know, kid. It's it's all just too much and too sad because I that relationship really, I think, turned him into a villain. And it's so sad. I think yeah. he just didn't know how to it's it's like what we always say, Chan, right? Hurt people. People hurt, hurt people. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we always Jake say Jake Hall was hurt after this relationship. And yikes, he didn't deal with it well. Wow. I wonder if Reese Witherspoon's daughter listens to Ava, right? Listens to All Too Well. And I just, I wonder if she even realizes the ripple effect her mother had. It's a legitimate question. I would love to talk up to Ava and hear how did it feel when Jake would help pick you up from school? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Deacon, I, I, I want to know everything about that relationship. Mm-hmm. I just, it's weird just because they don't seem like on the same level in some degree. No. Maybe it's because the choices they made after, like Reese Witherspoon became a billionaire and Jake Gyllenhaal became a joke. I don't know. I hate to say it, but like Reese just seems a little bit less like dark and twisty and just a little bit more like, yeah, I want to start a book club list. Like I don't have Reese's book clubs. Yeah. Where Jake Gyllenhaal starts like a, a club of victims. Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, we didn't intend for this episode to become a Jake Gyllenhaal takedown episode, but I, did. Well, I, I, I said say, that I intention actually, this morning. <laughs> I, I did send the intention to have to really go deep on Jake Gyllenhaal. I actually don't hate him. I he's such a, a good actor and a beautiful person and charismatic. A beautiful person, Joe. You think he's a beautiful person after what he's done? I think he's a Chan. Well, I'll say is I think he's a beautiful person who happens to suffer from John Mayer syndrome. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that nuanced approach. I would like to take us, you know, back in time okay. to pre Jake and Reese mm-hmm. to Jake and Kristen Dunst. Yes, they met in. I think they were both like twenty, twenty-one, and they also dated for two years. Yes. So they met because Maggie Gyllenhaal and Kristen were in Mona Lisa Smile. I love that movie with our mother Julia Roberts. With our everyone's mother Julia Roberts. Um, shout out Hunter Harris. And I love that movie. Have you seen it? Okay. Actually, I'm the world's biggest Julia Roberts fan, and I have not seen Mona Lisa Smile nor Pretty Woman. I think those are the two movies. Okay. I know. I wasn't allowed to see Pretty Woman. I know it's so embarrassing. Still aren't allowed. I haven't seen it. Please don't see it still. Okay. Yeah. I, I Pretty Woman is great, but I love Mona Lisa Smile. It's really? Got, okay. Yeah. It's really good. It's like a movie that's just always on Netflix, too. That It's yeah. kind of like a comfort movie. It's, um, it's really good. Isn't there something just like so sweet? I feel like you don't really like hear about that so often of a family member setting each other up. Like I love that his sister was like, you know what? I think you'd hit it off with my brother. Right, right, right. And spoiler alert, uh, you know, there actually ended up being a little bit of shade thrown by Kristen's mom at the Gyllenhaal family, but we'll get to that. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh my gosh. And we'll have to remember that Kirsten Dunst right now or at the time of the relationship is coming off at the height of her power. She had done Bring It Mm -hmm. On. And and I think when they were dating, she was in the Spider-Man franchise. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah. She was on top of the world. She's probably more famous than Jake Gyllenhaal at this point. Yes. I think he was like Donnie Darko. Like he He was Donnie Darko, Day After Tomorrow. Uh, I mean, I mean, that film is really important to me. 
Um, Which so, one? Day after, Day after tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't imagine living in the city and yeah, thinking about that movie at every turn. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Maggie introduces them and they just totally fall in love. If you'll remember, like you mentioned earlier, the infamous salad pictures. They moved in together. Yeah. They adopted a German shepherd together as well. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. And, you know, I'm actually going to share some tidbits that are a little bit NSFW. So if there are littles around, um, you know, please... Do, I'm uh, going to log off for the next few minutes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. That's probably better for you. But this is a quote from Dunst. Okay, you ready? Okay. Quote, we had sex in cars, in the bathroom, and even by the sea, she once admitted. By the sea? Like at a hotel or on rocks? Like, like what are they, seals? That could be anywhere. That could be like Virginia Beach or something. Like, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, they were completely ensconced. And, you know, people remarked that they were, quote, so obviously desperately in love that they couldn't get wait to get back to their hotel. Um, that type of thing. I d- I'm a person who doesn't quite understand Kirsten Dunst, uh, but who completely understands <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. So, like, I mean, the speed at which I would, even even all we know about Jake Gyllenhaal, the speed at which I would quit my job and stop talking to my family and friends just so I could be all too well by him is baffling <laughs> and scary. It's troubling for sure. And I'm right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, also, no offense to Kristen Dunst, but I feel like in a lot of these photos, she looks very disheveled. Thank you. In a way, (laughs) Reese Witherspoon would never allow herself to be. Yes. And I don't know, maybe there's just a level, level of comfortability that you reach when in a great relationship that, you know, you just don't stop giving enough. But um, I just thought that was, you know, something to note. But, you know, after two years, they broke up and they had... They were living together in Hollywood Hills, like you said. They, sh- they shared a German shepherd named, I think, Atticus. And at the time, Kristen said that, you know, the reason why they split is because she wanted to go out all the time and Gyllenhaal didn't. That's a common reason why people break up, yeah. especially in the gay community. I think the way she phrased it was like, I'm a out-on-the-town kind of girl. Yes. And he's a stay-at-home kind of boy. Yeah, which I guess Shout out to my stay-at-home kind of boys. I-, I know. They're the best. Also, that makes sense why him and Reese work so well because I think she's more of a stay-at-home kind of girl too a hundred percent which would you classify yourself jan oh i'm definitely a stay-at-home kind of girl okay i think at one point maybe more of a going out person but Mm -hmm. i have about one bender in me every you know three to four months and i will complain about it you know for weeks (laughs) after so my version of going out is like showering at 4 p.m and kind of getting glammed up for a 6 p.m amc yes okay absolutely and i also think like my ideal is to have like a little bit of a like a buzz by like 8.30 so that by the time it's, you know, 10.30, I can fully be winding down and, you know, falling asleep. 
A hundred percent. I think I just like live my life so that my 6.30 a.m. mornings are still preserved. You know, yes, like totally. 5 p.m. can be a total shit show or as crazy as they want. But like, God forbid, by 10.30 p.m., I'm still in bed reading like yes. shit straight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love how much you love Wild. <laughs> I'm, I'm just rereading it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, okay, but after they broke up, you know, Inez Dunst, interesting name choice. So her and her mom are very close. I think her mom was probably her. I want to say she was her manager. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're very close. But apparently Inez was thrilled when her daughter called off the relationship with Jill and Really? What did she say? Uh, Apparently that, quote, he was too Hollywood and comes from a, quote, snobby Hollywood family. Okay, this tracks with a piece that we Mm -hmm. both read by that um, young woman who worked on the Broadway show. The movie starring me. Mrs. Gyllenhaal does not sound like a good time. And also Maggie seems like she sucks too. I I wouldn't have said that until I watched Maggie Gyllenhaal's Architectural Digest video and I was like, whoa. Really? Yeah. She seems high strung. Um, But the mom, just from like both the account you just said and then the other essay we've we've, uh, read, she reminds me of the grandma in Gilmore Girls. Oh, her standards are up yes. to here. And so yes. Emily Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. Emily Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, don't you think that Inez Dunst and Andrea Swift would have a, you know, a great lunch conversation if they could just, you know, oh my discuss some things? <laughs> yeah. But I'm also going to add in uh, Reese's mom, Betty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is funny because, I mean, Reese and Taylor are friendly. Mm-hmm. Like they've, yeah. I think cross paths and some like work project it's just interesting yeah i think it, what's interesting though is like they probably didn't have the same experience with jake i just can't see jake pulling the same trash with reese like no she just wouldn't have it well but also i think because the power dynamic was probably different in that one you know you're so right you're so right like taylor had just coming off speak now reese had just come off an oscar something right. Taylor can only dream about oh yeah and reese was like mother of two yeah powerhouse i also came across a quote from kirsten uh, maybe a year or two after uh, her and Jake's breakup. And I think it was to uh, InStyle Magazine. No, it was to Allure. She said that she and Jake are amicable, but not close, saying, it would be nice to see him, comma, but we're not good friends. I mean, I guess yes. that makes sense, right? Like, that they wouldn't be good, but yeah. But also she says it would be nice to see him. I don't know. I read that exact quote and I was like, oof. You know, that's not the friendliest of things to say about your ex. You know, it's not. We've heard a lot more friendlier things from like conscious uncoupling couples who literally got divorced. She could have said, We're not close, but I wish him nothing but the best. Yes. You know, but she didn't say that. I think he did her dirty. I wonder what he did to her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if anyone else knew this, but after this, Kristen Dunst went on to date Garrett Headland for years. And they got engaged. He's so handsome. So, I mean, country strong. Are you kidding me? Um, Okay. You read Open Book by Jessica Simpson? No, I have downloaded it on Audible, but just haven't found the time to start it. Oh, I need okay. to. And I'm just glad you have it on Audible because that's the way to do it. And I okay. can't emphasize enough like what an amazing read it was. I was honestly surprised. I don't mean that as shade. Okay. Um, but in it, you just find out that like John Mayer was one of those boyfriends that did a lot of mind games with her. Mm-hmm. I, I think I remember reading something when it first came out about that, how she alludes to what, like the way that he made her feel about herself. Yeah. And so yeah. I guess my question is, do we think Jake did that with Kirsten? Because I, I, don't, I don't think his bad behavior was necessarily cheating. Like, I just wonder if it was that. But he, that would have been pre-Reese, right? Oh, my gosh. You're right. It would have been pre-Reese. But again, so, the power dynamics were different with Kirsten. Different. Although she was 
more famous and he was yeah. presumably living in her house. Right, right. I don't know. He, this man is is a riddle. He is. Wrapped, um, in a, wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in cash. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about Jake Gyllenhaal is that he owns a place in New York City and I guess he was subletting it because he wasn't living there. And oh, they need to make who, some extra cash. Yeah. Well, do you know who was renting it? Is Amy Schumer when she, is her coming off like train wreck? And she was renting it. And uh, I guess in the freezer, he had a cake, half of a cake that said like something like "Happy Birthday, Princess." And she once posted like a drunken video of her eating Stop. it, but like, <laughs> yeah, she was like first model girlfriend. Yeah. Happy, but also <laughs> princess. Yeah. I mean. I'm not going to say that I have never done baby talk with my boyfriend, but if he ever called me princess, like I would be packing my bags. No, that's like something like your gay friends can call you, but like, yes. yeah, it's like, uh, uh, wow. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a startling Jake detail. Definitely, thank you. Jake definitely walks red carpets like the Oscars or Golden Globes with Reese and Kirsten, uh, you know, presumably, well, gosh, I don't think he's walked a red carpet with Taylor in a while, but like, I guess, yeah, I'm wondering what. The energy is if he passes Reese and Kirsten. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm guessing it's a little more friendly with Reese. Like, yeah, I think Reese is like. I mean, she's I don't so care. moved on too. She's and so, so moved is on. Chris, Kristen. Kristen's with Jesse Pinkman or whatever. Yeah, and you're right. They Friday both Night kind Lights. of have like age-appropriate partners and yeah. seem like they're in holistic relationships with children. Also, don't you feel like if you saw your ex and he was still dating really young girls and you have were in this like really happy, balanced, you know, like healthy relationship, you'd be like. I would just be like gleeful. I'd be like, you know, hope that's working out for you. <laughs> same, same. Like, oh, is this your intern? Yeah. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. Or like Lindsay Lohan, like, oh, you want to adopt her in the parent trap. <laughs> Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. It is just so sad though. Like it is, I just feel like we talk about how boyish and all-American Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. was and how much promise he had. And I guess it just feels like a missed opportunity. And what I mean by that is him growing up into being a kind, nice man and a loving partner. Oops. Guess he missed his window. What guy, though, in Hollywood has grown up to be like that? Ryan Gosling. <sighs> Beautiful segue, Joe, because... Oh, true! Beautiful I wasn't segue. doing it on purpose. I could not agree with you more. Will you please walk us through this relationship? Okay, yeah, this is one I think a lot of us forget about too. But in the early aughts, there was a little film called Murder by Numbers starring Sandy Bullock. And she was 37. And her co-star was an up-and-coming actor coming off of Remember the Titans. And his name was Ryan Gosling, age 21. And we forget about this. 16 years. 16 years, 16 years. He can barely drink. Um <laughs> But we forget about this time in Ryan, of Ryan Gosling's life because he was pretty scrawny. 
and I don't mean that in like a shaming way. Like there was a certain hot. There's I don't know. Look at the photos of him back then. There's a certain hotness and like rawness to him where it's just like he probably didn't know how cute he was and like. Oh, absolutely. He's just adorable. Uh, Canada. Yeah. He didn't know anything about his hotness. He was just some like nice, humble Canadian. He has like a buzz cut. Like he's just all to say he's like not operating at the peak of his powers. Yes. But he still looks amazing. And she fell for him. Like this is one that I think they may have walked a few red carpets together. But like I wouldn't categorize it as like she was always talking about him in interviews and whatnot as if like they were like a total steady item. But it's like they weren't not a thing. Don't they just have nothing but amazing things to say about each other in that relationship? They really do. Do you have some of them? Yeah. So this is in an interview. You know, when asked if she and Ryan were, quote, just friends, Sandra responded, if you were to add the word just, it would probably be a bit of a lie. So I'd say we're friends. She also gave another hint, adding that a movie set, the exact place where she and Ryan were first introduced, is the best dating service on the planet. Olivia Wilde would agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm screaming because it just implies that like they fell in love on set or like I well, how I think about it is like I, I don't know maybe they went like I don't know whether they went to a fun dinner and got chatty with each other or whether it was like they were running lines in a trailer and like yes. banged. Right, I don't know. Right. Either way, it's beautiful. Um, have you seen this movie also? No, I haven't. I'm always a little scared, but like I'd watch it now. Although I like the sexual tension is probably palpable. Okay, he also looks like 17. He like looks so he young. Does. In it. He looks so young, so and that's young. Like, shocking. But it's like really shocking. But yes, he absolutely did not know how cute he was. And also, but like Sandra Bullock is basically like the VP to Julia Roberts. You know, she can she can do no wrong, and she right. certainly didn't hear. I just like feel like she was having a great time in the best way. Right. She said that despite Ryan only being 21, he yeah. taught her an important life lesson. So, you know, what was quote, that? to chill. I live my life at a manic pace and he taught me to disregard all that isn't important. He's like a little Buddha. That's what she said. Oh, my gosh. A little Buddha. Can you imagine the conversations that he had where he was just like, Sandy, you got to chill. You got to chill. Like, let's just order Domino's tonight. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, Miss Congeniality is going to open to big numbers. Like, do the sequel or not. <laughs> Just chill, baby. Like, I'm going to go do the notebook. I don't know if it's going to be a big hit. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay, and after this relationship, she went on to date Jesse James. Do you oh, remember this? Yeah. And then she married him. Yeah, oh, of course I remember. This relationship seemed like it was, you know, Rainbow Road. It was amazing. Jesse James? No, 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 sorry. Her relationship with Ryan Gosling. So it's so sad to think that she went from dating him and everything being, you know, really happy-go-lucky to then the darker relationship with Jesse James. Well, sweetie, maybe she shouldn't have taken Ryan Gosling's advice, like, just chill. Because, right, like, it's true, I honestly, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she maybe chilled out too much and <laughs> didn't pump the brakes on the relationship with Jesse. Wait, how long did they date for? Do you know? It's hard to say, but, like... Online, at least, it said, like, it seemed like they, like, dated over two years, which seems like a long time. It's but a like a long time. I, I don't know if it's just, like, they were in each other's lives for two years yeah. or just dated, dated. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he had a really sweet thing to say about her. Do you see that on there, too? Yes, yes, yes. Ryan said that, quote, I had two of the greatest girlfriends of all time in reference to Sandra and Rachel McAdams. He also said, I haven't met anybody who taught them. And then he did Eva, Eva Mendes. Like, I just, wow, I don't know if someone who else who has had such amazing – um dating trajectory maybe aside from rachel bilson who dated hayden christensen and bill Hader. no and also um co-star adam brody right i think they oh, dated yeah, yeah. Wow. 
I mean, <laughs> like that's, Mount Rushmore. That's yeah. literally Mount Rushmore of men you could date. Woof. Hayden yeah. Christensen was my sexual awakening in Star Wars. Oh my gosh, he was like Anakin. he was the re- he was my entry point into Star Wars and my yeah. exit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I want to just acknowledge the fact that if Ryan Gosling was a woman and Sandra Bullock was a man, and that the, the, the genders were flipped in this, there would oh, probably yeah. be a different takeaway. <laughs> but right, like, we don't live in that world, so it's okay. Thank goodness that this was a seemingly very happy, loving relationship that, you know, we've since forgotten about. And I would argue, like, we don't have such happy, sweet relationships like this anymore. Or maybe it's just that we don't have, like, real movie stars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence dated or married an art dealer and then had dated, like, kind of weird British old guys before. Like, her director and Chris Martin. Yeah. Oh, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Like, that was probably one of the last great relationships yes. we saw. Absolutely. That was so good. I love Andrew Garfield. Same. I have it on good accord, though, and just like kind of a fifth sense that he's probably not the best boyfriend, but I love him. Oh, too. really? Why do you wait? What do you have tea or something? No, I just think he's probably like kind of like extra and theatrical and demanding mm-hmm. and like probably is a little intense and just probably looking for not maybe an equal sparring partner, but like a jewel to shine. I don't know. Joe, your sixth sense has a lot to say. <laughs> 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 okay if you must know in the summer of 2003 we had a quick fling <laughs> what, what what were we saying when we were um, prepping for this episode and we were kind of uncovering all the people jake gyllenhaal day like it was just like they were coming out of the woodwork because we had yes. found out he dated reese kirsten and then natalie portman yes um yeah and i was like oh my gosh you know what i think i need to check my calendars because <laughs> i think i may have dated jake gyllenhaal like i don't quite remember but it's very possible at it this was... point Honestly, it's very impossible. I don't know how he dated as many women as he did. And I mean, but it kind of speaks to his, you know, issues. But yeah, I mean, no co-star was safe. No, not not at all. Not even the men. Yeah. Okay. Also, let's just say quickly that Ryan Gosling went on to date Rachel McAdams in After the Notebook. And should we just talk about the best on-screen kiss moment? Yeah. Can we give a little context there too? Which is that they both start in The Notebook and- Rachel McAdams definitely was not famous at this point. Ryan Gosling had a few films under his belt, but they, by all accounts, fought like cats and dogs on set. I didn't know that. You didn't know this? Oh my gosh. I don't think I knew yeah. this. Like apparently they just did not get along. Like Ryan was trying to get her fired. They what? were like, he, they, yeah, like look it up. It's on good uh, accord with like the director. He's like, yeah, they famously did not get along on set. Whoa. And then something happened midway through something where they blossomed like they had a bunch of probably like sexual tension yeah the notebook sex scenes are some of like the hottest steamiest sex scenes on film it's shocking that film is pg-13 it is shocking but oh my gosh talk about like a couple that you yearn for to still be together even though ryan and she are both separately married and, and have have kids now but like oh i mean yeah can we talk about the mtv movie awards i mean the running the jump. Yeah. Watch the, the clip at your own own risk. But there's, of course, an award at the MTV Movie Awards for Best Kiss. Well, Ryan Gosling and uh, Rachel McAdams win it for a good reason. Yeah. And they recreate the jump on stage. And, like, it's also to the soundtrack of what's playing is a She, she Will, Be, Will Loved. Be Loved by Maroon 5. And then in the crowd, you see, like, Haley Duff and Lindsay Lohan's reaction, which is also your reaction while watching it. Just yes. Like, Oh, that's what they lose it. Yeah. Like. yeah. And they're yeah. they're dating at the time that this happens, right? Which makes it even hotter because you're like, okay, these aren't actors. This is real. 
This I just gave real. myself the chills with that sentence. Thank you. <laughs> I am like overflown with, with, with joy right now. And also to just like put in perspective too, like they're basically doing this at a company party at a work event. Yes. Could you imagine? She's wearing yeah. jeans, which I also think is kind of hilarious. <laughs> I think she's also mic'd. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and isn't he wearing like a Darfur t-shirt or something? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's wearing a save Darfur t-shirt. Yeah. Hot, frankly. We love a hot activist. <laughs> we do. Like, oh my gosh. It's Ugh. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we close this out with one more Ryan? Oh, yeah. And this this Ryan has a lot of past relationships, honestly. Yes. Wait, actually, I would love for you to take us through some of his past relationships. We're talking about Ryan Reynolds, everybody. Yeah. Now, let's remember that Ryan Reynolds has not always looked the way he looks. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's always <laughs> been hot, but like he has not always been ripped ass yeah yeah regal looking so his past relationships i mean this is a person who was was he married or i think he was married to scarlett johansson right uh i don't actually know but that sound let me see let me see hold on let me fact check fact check he's of course married to blake live right now yes he was married to scarlett johansson from 2008 to 2011 it's wild. I mean, what a beautiful couple. But also, I know that Chan and I are both like we have kind of disdain and are fed up with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's yes. little like flirtatious stuff over the internet. Well, the, the clapbacks are a little much. Like you know, that PR team did a funny clapback one time, and now they're just very one note. That's all they do is you know, like I don't like. Yeah, that. and he like thinks he's funny too mm-hmm. in in the way that Taylor Swift does. Where I, I yes. just find him frankly boring. Yeah, yeah, and Free overexposed. Guy. Didn't love it. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like he bathes in self-tanner and self... Adoration. Yeah, self-adoration, 100%. It's a lot. So, yeah, before Blake, there was he was married to Scarlett. But before that, before he was super famous, I mean, he had a few films under his belt as well. He was engaged to Alanis Morissette. Yes. Yes. Just so wild. So wild. Um, They met, apparently, at Drew Barrymore's birthday party. They seem like they're from two different worlds, so it's shocking that they dated for as long as they did. It really does. Like, it just doesn't fit because he just seems so basic and she seems a little more alternative. Yes. They were together for five years, engaged for three of them. They're about the same age, too. Wow. It's weird. I would love to hear Blake Lively's take on this, like how she explains that, you know? Alanis had a lot of uh, wonderfully weird things to say about him, I I read. Uh, she oh, said yeah. that, quote, she felt so loved by him in a trampoline kind of way, which I don't un- actually understand what that means. Can you clarify I, that Yeah, I mean, me? it just sounds like how some people are like, he's like a golden retriever. Like, it does, I mean, that describes, I feel like that describes Ryan Reynolds. I feel like he's jumping uh, around Blake yeah. Lively all the time. Like, he's a very backyard, Hyper, yeah. barbecue, target ad <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> He, I feel like he's so like, true. this is what love is supposed to look like, right, right? right? In a very performative, theatrical way. He's the guy who uses babe too much. Like he oh, says, yeah. everything is like, oh, babe, you want it? Babe, you want this, babe? Like, like I said, I'm not about baby talk. I do it probably too often. But there are guys that are a little too saccharine with love. Yeah. He's, he's the guy who remembers your anniversary a little too well and is a little yes. too into planning, like, cute little surprises and then videotaping them hunts yeah yeah he's the guy who if he wasn't a you know a 20 million dollar paid actor he would definitely be a guy who's somehow monetizing his marriage on tiktok and loving it (laughs) holy shit joe you are so right that is like that's the most incredible take ever oh my gosh literally i just surprised my wife with a you know 
a cruise to Sandals, Jamaica. Like, let's see her reaction. Yeah, 100%. It's like, when your wife is late getting home and you have to make dinner. Right. <laughs> I have to say, why we're on this this track, I used to be afraid that BYU students were getting married so young so that they could have sex. Mm-hmm. I now have it on good accord that they've found, they think they found a way around that. So it's not an issue anymore. Yes, I'm referring to soaking. And I now, my biggest fear is that BYU students are getting married so they can create TikToks because it is <sighs> it's so, so gross. dark. And I believe it to be the truth. Wow. I feel burning in my bosom. It's a lot. You know, and I've said this to Ben many times. I just think that if both people are as thirsty for fame and attention, yeah. uh, there's something that doesn't sit right with me. I really prefer, you know, there to be an imbalance of thirstiness. I think 100% when we're talking about thirst thirst for fame. That's why yeah. J-Lo and Ben work. Like, I know. she's very thirsty for fame. And he's down to be played that way. Yes, to, to yeah. Play. Yeah, he's down to be Great. a co-star. He's honestly, I don't know if he's just, like, done a lot of drugs or, you know, done a lot of Duncan. But he's just, to me, he, at this point, he just seems like he is riding out life in the passenger seat. <laughs> I think you're right. Whatever like, woman will here. take him in. He'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about past relationships we've forgotten. It's wild that in between Jennifer Garner and uh, J-Lo, he dated, of course, Lindsay Shookus, the uh, yes. disgraced SNL producer. Mm-hmm. But he also mm-hmm. dated like a 21 or 23-year-old Playboy model, right? Like, And wild. also Anna DeArmas, right? Remember early COVID days? Yeah. Yeah. They were long and intense. and He's so lost. Um, we're going to do a little rapid fire to close this out. Just a few more names we're going to throw at you, Joe, if you have any, you know, any takes. Nick Lachey and Kim Kardashian dated. This is wild. I did not know this. Um, Let's just say this. We went. This is a quote from uh, Nick and Kim. Let's just say this. We went to a movie. No one followed us there. Somehow, mysteriously, when we left, there were 30 photographers waiting outside. Oh. Because he thought that she was using him to get famous, which is now hilarious because, I mean, he's done well with, you know, Vanessa, but. Like he and Vanessa are like hosting Love is Blind or we're right. hosting it. Well, that's wild too that for their date, they went to a movie. I can't imagine like being with Nick Lachey or Kim Kardashian being like, let's go see a movie. Right, right, right. Yeah. No. I have to say Nick Lachey was one of my firsts. Really? Um, another reason why I need to read Jessica Simpson's book. Oh, yeah. yeah the tea she spills on that. It, it's yeah. good. Okay. Cannot yeah. wait. <laughs> I see on here next you have Joe Jonas and AJ from Allie and AJ. Fame. Yes. <laughs> AJ even shared that Joe Jonas was her first kiss. Wow, Joe Jonas got around, right? Is he? Did he get with Taylor Swift or is that Nick? I forget. No, that he did get with Taylor Swift. The song "Forever and Always" is about Joe. Yeah, I I'm a big Joe Jonas fan, so this is personally relevant to me. Um, and <laughs> I would say that you know he was into blondes, which was another reason why I thought that you know there was potential uh, when I saw him in concert that he was going to take me away and. You know, even though I was at that concert with my mom and little sister, I did think there was a possibility we were going to make love and <laughs> it didn't happen, but Deb I was, wouldn't have allowed it. Deb, no. I'm sure had eagle eyes on everything. <laughs> she, she read the room. But I, Joe, I straight up remember I was a very believing um, religious girl at this time. I was probably 15 or 16, maybe 15. And I do remember thinking, well, this is so funny. I've never talked about this. I remember thinking. I'm going to go see Joe Jonas in concert. We have really good seats. There's a very likely chance that he's going to see me in the crowd and that if he sees me, he will want to be with me and that I will have no choice but to be with him because that's I wanted nothing more. And I right. thought, 
God will forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember thinking like, it will be my greatest shame, but God will forgive me. <laughs> my greatest shame. Like you're you're pre-planning like repenting after the Literally, sin. I was. I was already repenting for it. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to do. I know yeah. not. <laughs> that is so funny, Chan. Well, I think it makes sense though, because I remember watching like fictionalized versions of like the Osmonds and like some like made for TV movie. And like in the movie the Osmond boys would basically be like, hey, bring us those two girls. Yeah, or totally. Yeah, no, like, that happens so all the time. Like thing. Joe, ugh, thank you so much for coming on Pop Apologist and walking us down memory lane. And ugh, thank you for your stunning knowledge of all things celebrity and for honestly picking up the slack when Lauren can't be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I won't have the, the Lauren slander, but thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, I was in curious how this was gonna go i thought you know i might feel kind of sad for these relationships are over but to be quite honestly i just i just feel grateful for the love that was and feel like love exists and reverberates in whatever forms they are and and sometimes it ends the way we want it to and sometimes it doesn't but i think it ultimately comes back to us you are eckhart toll wow everyone we love joe peacock we hope to have him back very soon joe do you want to tell everyone where they can follow you yeah sure um (laughs) on soundcloud (laughs) Instagram at, at Joe Peacock. Um, it's gated, but um, send me a request. I'll kind of suss you out. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week live every Wednesday. Oh, yeah.